Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A listener production. Hey, I'm Cooper Chapman, and this is Good Humans. This is part two of my chat with world champion surfer Tom Carroll. At what stage in your life did you kind of realise that I need to find out who Tom Carroll is and unlock who I am? Because I know in your book it would have taken absolute courage to talk about your addiction and talk about the drug use during parts of your career. How difficult was that part of your life? That sounds like an unbearable thing to have to go through, but also to be able to come clean and to be able to talk about it must have been so liberating. Absolutely. It's one of the, it's the, it's kind of like the, it doesn't make any sense at all when you're doing it. <laughs> In fact, like I didn't have, I didn't put my hand up as a young kid and say, I want to be a world champion drug addict. <laughs> like I didn't, mm. I didn't do that. It just, it comes underneath the radar and I think we all have the seed in us. There's no one gets away with this one. And so addiction comes in all many different forms and, and so on. But when, when drugs enter in my system, particularly stuff that makes me go quick, <laughs> I like going quick. So, uh, and I felt really out of my body and I felt like I could sort of, yeah, I just, I love that feeling. But to, to actually get locked in the, locked in the cell of addiction where life becomes really small and, and, and gets real and you're trying to protect it with all you've got. So you're kind of spinning the story outside uh, and inside you're locked inside on your own uh, without ability to communicate what's going on because it, it really does lock us in. It's in behind bars. It's... At first, the drug feels like you're free, you know. So it's a real suck in. <laughs> it's a complete, it's a complete hoax. So it's a complete hoax. So you end up with this. For those who are heavily, who are particularly given to become, uh, those who like to punch the ceiling, who like to go all out with things, are particularly in danger of of, of addiction because. Because that's where we go. We just go because there's just never enough. You know, it becomes like that. And then it overtakes your life. So once we're kind of caught in this behind the bars of addiction, uh, the liberation to just get honest or see someone get honest about this thing that I'm suffering, just watching that in a group of people and seeing the people do it, that's where I got the message to actually come out. So I needed someone else to be doing it who had suffered already. Uh, and that was where the powerful message was for me, to actually start to get honest. It takes a long time to kind of really come out of it uh, for some people. For me, I was, 
I, I was in it for quite a while, so particularly the last five years of active addiction, it, it really started ruling me and it became my number one thing. Uh, this thing, it, it just, to those people around, it doesn't make any sense. It just goes, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, and I'm like, I'm okay, I'm right. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, sure you are, Tom. Like, but finally getting, coming out of myself, getting honest, honesty, uh, no addiction can live in the light of honesty. Mm. No addiction. So, like, you just get, start to become honest and clear about who you are at the bottom, you know, because we've been trying to cover this, you know, protect ourselves or just shield ourselves from this world. It becomes more and more hostile. So we think the world's doing all this stuff. We get really tweaked <laughs> into thinking. It gets pretty crazy. Uh, so particularly on the fast stuff. Uh, but uh, coming clean, getting involved with a fellowship of other recovering addicts and, and alcoholics and people who are facing it fearlessly, facing it with courage and fearlessness, we start to sort of, you know, work with people ourselves and we notice how the human condition is just there and it, all it needs is a bit of love. <laughs> and love starts to sort of permeate the... In love, the idea of love, love actually starts to really heal. Like the, you know, just, man, I could go for as much money as I want, but um, you'll end up requiring all this stuff. But if it's just to fill a hole that's that's appears empty, mm. it's just a mind-made uh, thing that um, you feel empty that you have to fill it with something. Uh, if we just start to get honest about and feel what's going on for ourselves, we get this beautiful chance to grow again. Because under under the under that kind of spell of active addiction, there's no growth at all. It's actually sort of going the other way. You kind of go, you're you're attracting from the world and getting more and more lonely within it. So it's you feel so alone it's um and and you're not yeah coming back to that you're not alone and it's something that comes up so much in so many topics now one being mental health is so important reaching out for help it's something that's so scary what was your experience when it came to finally coming clean reaching out for help and how important was that because i know there'll be people listening to this that are stuck and yeah. are really struggling to find yeah. that courage and vulnerability to reach out for help what led you to reaching out for help and what was your experience going through that initial putting your hand out and really saying, I need a bit of help here? Well, I had to feel um, uh, a rock bottom within myself. I had to really feel it, uh, that, that just completely um, I feel so hollow and empty. You know, something's happened here like uh, I've... And I'm revealed for what I am, which is just this drug addict. And I was trying to cover it off in so many different ways with so many masks. And the masks have to come off. So in that, it it was people around me that that really kind of had my back, that kind of sort of slowly sort of poked me and were giving me ideas about what was going on for me. Um, 
And then, then it was my, you know, my ex-wife who was getting, having to deal with me and sort of finding the stuff every time I'd say I was not, you know, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm just bullshitting. I'm just the best bullshit artist ever. And when you're on, uh, in Active Edition, you just spin the stories about anything. So the addict's trying to survive. Let's go, this entity is so open-minded. It's the most open-minded entity. So the moment we reach out, to my absolute surprise at the time, I, I, I had no, you know, no concept of reaching out beyond, you know, this place I was trying to protect with everything I had. Uh, that I, that I, please help. As soon as we turn around and ask for help, frick, it just starts pouring in. Mm. All this really amazing uh, kind of help because I, I could not not use. I was at that point where I couldn't, I was so locked behind the bars mm. and I was going south very quickly if I didn't go into a recovery program, fall into the recovery program, I didn't actually put my hand up to do it. In fact, I didn't even realise that I was open to doing it until I saw people um, talking about their recovery in an open way and set the example or gave me kind of like permission to do it uh, in a way that happens in the group. Uh, And I was petrified to go and do these groups. And, you know, I still still didn't get clean for a few months. I was coming in and out and then I went into treatment. But doing treatment was just the gold for me, Uh, you know. um, By the time I'd done enough Narcotics Anonymous that I had enough of that information but using became a lot more painful with that information in me. And so it best, and then you kind of try to use more because you're more part, you know, so it's a downward spiral. But um, from there, but the rock bottom is super important, a rock bottom, um, and we might not even know we're at that point yet. Mm. But uh, reaching out for help, we can actually elect to kind of come into recovery before a heavy rock bottom. You've caused already a lot of damage. So there's going to be a lot more damage coming if we don't address it. Mm. Uh, and that might not be just addiction, might be other stuff going on emotionally and uh, actually sort of get a language around it. We need someone else to reflect back uh, what's going on, whether it be a group, people we love, love who love us, uh, or professional help, where we start to get a little bit of information about what's going on for us. Yeah, it would have taken so much courage for you, obviously being a world champion surfer at that time, and it would have been, I can only imagine how hard that would have been, being in a room with people who would have all known who you are and having to come clean, like it takes so much courage. And I know so many people would be so inspired and given permission by hearing your story. So thank you on behalf of so many people. I know it would, it's like such a courageous and strong thing to do because it, like you said, it's not so, it's something that we all have inside of us and it got hold of you and you have the courage to be honest and open about it and be like, it happened, it's there and well, yeah, it's, it's powerful. All I can say, it's, it's kind of in a funny way, it's not, if it was me, the addict, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that. Mm. <laughs> so, the, you know, the addict still is within me. It's not, it's not gone. It doesn't just sort of go away. So I need to remain connected to recovery 
pro the program, be active in my recovery and connected to the greater power that is out there and available to us, who's there to love and care for us. Um, I certainly have got some great tools and been given great tools to deal with it by people who have been there and have worked their program and had people open their world and da-da-da-da-da. So it's kind of not me. It's kind of like it's the community that I have around me in recovery that keep this, I guess if you want to call it, um, there's courage in there for sure. It's true courage, but um, to actually kind of get honest again. Because I've got to get continuously get honest about stuff. <laughs> it gets like, oh, wow. And then you get used to it and you know the freedom that comes from it. So the freedom is so profound that um, uh, on the other side of the active addiction, the freedom that you get is just, it's just beautiful. Like I've got a choice now. Oh, before I was choiceless. Mm. Now I've, I'm, I'm, you just become rend- rendered choiceless by addiction. You're just caught in the loop and there's no way out. You have to keep on going to the dealer or you have to go to the bottle shop. You have to go and do it. You just can't, and it feels, oh, it feels like you're going to lose a really old friend. (laughs) And that's what it feels like because it becomes number one in your life. It makes me think, I don't know if you've heard of a guy, Jocko Willink. He's got a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. Yeah, okay, yeah. That just reminds me so much of that quote that's Mm. really it's a funny one because you can think of discipline like disciplining your child or something, yeah. but discipline when it comes to making controlled actions for an mm. outcome, that's when you have true freedom. When you have the discipline to not do something, that's mm. more than being disciplined to maintain doing something. So, yeah, that's what I just thought of that when you were talking about that and I was like, it's such a true thing. Like real freedom comes from having the discipline and it sounds like you're in such a nice spot now. And you touched on tools that help you. And I know a massive thing for you now mm. is meditation. Mm. Something that I love doing, something I talk about mm. quite a bit on this podcast mm. because I think it's so important for me in my own personal physical and mental health. Meditation just connects me to who I am. And can you tell me your relationship with meditation, how you got in with it and mm. got involved in it mm. and how important it is to you in your everyday life mm. now? Well, I would say, yeah, it started literally like the time I um, fell into rehab. So... I uh, went to treatment for drug addiction and I'd already read on the 11th step and the 12-step program in Narcotics Anonymous in the rooms the steps, you know, the, the steps to a spiritual awakening that you get through working the 12 steps that actually brings you awake <laughs> to um, yourself and others and the world again uh, is a beautiful, like, divine, divinely designed process the 12 steps. It's just absolutely beautiful. And when, and when actually done properly with the guidance of someone who's done it before, it, it works. It's just beautiful. And I see it happen all the time. People recover from horrible addictions and, and states. Uh, but on the 11th step, uh, in the last three steps, they're maintenance steps. And in the, in the, in the 11th step, uh, it says we sort through prayer and meditation to, to improve your conscious contact with the God of your own understanding, praying only for his will for you and the power to carry that out. So, okay, so I'd say God in there because God's 
Well, it can take you to whichever way you want. It doesn't need, you don't have to believe in God. But with meditation, you definitely don't. Uh, a God is not, is not necessary. <laughs> a belief in God is not necessary. So I started meditating um, at five minutes. We'll never forget that first meditation because I thought, I've got to do that because that seems like the, I'm crazy. I'm absolutely crazy and my mind's mad. I've got to do that. I've got to meditate. So there's meditation on the program. So I went with this, sat around in this, this round circle and this, never forget it, I go, okay, we're going to meditate for five minutes. I went, what the fuck, five minutes? I couldn't sit down for five minutes. No way. I was just so antsy. Uh, I was like full ADHD, just madness. And, I, and he goes, he goes, okay, we're going to sit down in the seat if you want. You can sit on the floor if you want. And there was a group of about 10 or 12 of us in a circle. And uh, put your hand, I had my feet on the ground and, my, and, okay, put your hands on your legs and I'll talk you in and we'll start the timer for five minutes and we'll just um, count our breaths. We'll count the exhalation. So see if you can count to 10. You may not get there. And if you start thinking, just come back to one. And so this is how it did. And I've gone, I'm not going to make. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Five minutes, I'm out of here. <laughs> Boom, five minutes went past really quick and I went, whoa, that happened. And I felt this sort of, if I can do five minutes, that's, that's amazing. Like I actually did five minutes sitting down. So and I got enthusiastic about it. I went, it sort of burst inside me. I went, wow, I'm going to go down. I went down to the front desk where they could, you could get guided meditation discs. Could, you couldn't listen to music or anything in there. You couldn't have anything, couldn't read books other than specific books from in there. It was like full tilt. Uh, and you couldn't drink coffee, you couldn't drink tea, caffeinated, nothing. So no music, no tea, nothing. It, it was a very different uh, experience for me and I... Uh, but I could get this CD. So it says you bring a CD player in there, um, you can listen to CDs. So I, I grabbed uh, one of these discs that had, um, um, you know, a guided meditation. It was called the Blue Door Meditation. And and I knew how to sort of, I guess you could call it discipline myself. I disciplined myself before in training and to get myself you know, conditioned and so on before and I felt really good. Well, I was on a really good path with surfing, really focused. I was really disciplined with, with certain ways of approaching, you know, improvement. Um, and uh, I put this meditation on before we got up in the morning, before they came around and got you up to go for a walk along the beach at Curl Curl. And... So I put it on. I just did that every morning for five weeks. And so that blew on a meditation. Well, 
The last couple of weeks I found another one because I started to sort of evolve out of the guided meditation. But a guided meditation went for like 17 minutes all up. So that started to sort of create a gap. And I'd been listening to recovery um, talks from people who are in long-term recovery about what meditation would do. And that would actually create a, and I was instructed that you'll start to notice a gap between our first thought and our action. So if there's no gap between our first thought and action, we're given to the first thought, we identify it completely with that first thought. And the first thought as a full-blown addict is wrong. I mean, our first thought's got us into all sorts of shit. <laughs> so I go, oh, God, I don't want to get back there. So let's see if I can work on this. I'm not looking for it, by the way. I'm not going, oh, but I'm just going to do it every day because I'm just going to one day at a time I'm going to do this meditation. I'm going to put it in my life. And lo and behold, ever since then I've been meditating every day. I'm coming up for 14 years without any drugs or alcohol. That's yeah, so, so awesome. Um, so it's kind of cool. I, I've been doing that. Um, I gave myself completely to the meditation process and I experienced the gap. Uh, only about six months, took about six months. <laughs> I was pretty crazy. So if you're not crazy like me and full-blown, you know, amphetamine-induced ADHD, <laughs> I guess there might be a, a, a diagnosis there, but self-diagnosis, <laughs> but I was pretty crazy. But there was no gap between first thought and action all sorts of shit. And then all of a sudden there started to get a gap. I could see uh, that I was making a really bad decision. I just, and, and I was still in that kind of first thought, oh, just going down, you become compulsive. Reactive. Reactive and compulsive mm. in everything we do. It becomes a mess. Life becomes unmanageable pretty quick. So when we place this practice, uh, when I started seeing the results, uh, it was, I thought, this is the most powerful thing we can do. Uh, and that is m- what I found particularly, you know, in the last, I was taught the Vedic technique about four years ago, which is using a mantra. Mm-hmm. So my first, you know, this was a, a time when I, my breath-based meditation was dropping off, come to a point where, instead of doing like 40 minutes in the morning like I'd normally do, around about 30 to 40 minutes every morning on waking, it got to, and always upright, sort of sitting upright, so upright spine uh, and and alert, calm sense of myself, concentrating on the breath and and coming into my least excited state, coming out and feeling great and... I got down to when I moved into this house here now, I've been gone through a lot of change because that's what's coming, change. We've all got change coming and I had to do a lot of change in order to to clean my life up um, and and just to get it more organised and more manageable. And I was in my bed here and I'm, through all that change, stress came. So stress came and then I was doing 10 minutes lying down in the bed and I was like going, oh, this isn't right, this is super important for me, this meditation. This isn't what I, I just sort of caught myself doing it. It was just starting to dribble, just, just starts to wean off. And and like you said, you, you kind of go, oh, I do maybe four, 
five a week. Uh, and, you know, if we let that kind of, oh, I'll do about three a week, oh, I'll do about two a week, oh, I'll do about one, oh, shit. Next minute, oh, I've got a whole week, no meditation. So I, uh, at that point, I actually used prayer um, to connect with my higher power. Never thought I'd pray in all my life, but I'd, the only time I'd pray was when I was in the fetal position. In, in the active addiction, it was pretty, pretty dire, dire times. And then I started praying with meditation on a daily basis, praying um, very simple prayers like the serenity, serenity prayer. I don't know whether you know that one, a beautiful prayer. Yeah. Uh, God give me, uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So that's just a really beautiful beautiful prayer which we can just place in to circumvent any kind of, you know, like thoughts that are kind of taking us into um, kind of negative spaces, what we might perceive as dark places, or just to sort of you can repeat it. We can, it's a beautiful tool, prayer. And actually when it's very sincere, all kinds of cool stuff happens. So I was lying down in my bed after 10 minutes meditation. I actually asked. I said, help me. I, I know this is a really, um, you know, this isn't where I want to be with the meditation. Please guide me to uh, uh, to deepen my practice, please. I, I don't have any answers here. Can you please guide me? I um, Three days later I'm walking down Avalon. <laughs> Down through the um, the cafes, going for a, for a swim with my partner. I'm like Saturday morning, you know. You know, I forgot about the prayer. You know, I was on another planet. This is three days later, and there's this person beaming at me, and he's got his two kids, and he's like, "I'm going, okay. I guess this guy's going to want to say hi, right?" I go, and he's got his kids, and he goes, "Oh, hi, hi. You're Tom Carroll." I say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Tom Carroll. How you going, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm Marshy." I got my kids here, Poppy and Bear. Hi, and the kids are frothing. He's frothing. I go, <laughs> so he goes, oh yeah. Look, I just won a two-hour surf lesson with you uh, at an auction last night. Uh, we were raising some money, and I give a few hours to uh, cause that person. He 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 turns out to be a meditation teacher, and I went down the next morning to. I said, oh, can we just claim it because we're going to get back to. Tomorrow morning, I said, yeah, no worries, Sunday morning. I'll meet you down at Pretty's Corner at 8 a.m., let's do it. So I got down there and he's walking down the beach, they're all frothing. So I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm a winemaker, but I don't really drink wine. Uh, I said, that's odd. <laughs> so what do you do? What? He goes, yeah, I'm a meditation teacher. I go, and so that's why you're there. I said, that's why you're here. So I've gone, hmm, that's cool. Um, so... What is it? And he goes, oh, check out my website, it's a Vedic technique, 20 minutes twice a day using a mantra and I can I do personalised instruction. And so bingo, it all started there. So, you know, I got into the Vedic technique and it's been a real nice, beautiful technique, Rolls-Royce of meditation techniques for me after trying so many and coming to this and deepening the practice and, yeah, committing, committing another level to it um, and you talk about discipline discipline when we make something our first preference uh, to do this and we put this in our lives all this really cool stuff starts to happen 
It's not, uh, and we don't have, it's not us doing anything, chain, you know, getting in there to do. We think we have to do things all the time to make this thing. We don't have to do it. I get to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so we get, we get to, we get to make it our first preference in the morning and one in the afternoon. Um, and when we do it with a personalized instruction, it really sinks in. And so that's what I've been actually now. I just thought a couple of years ago, I thought maybe I should be teaching this because it's a beautiful technique. And, uh, and I started the teaching um, program last, um, yeah, eight, 2018. And earlier on, earlier on this year, I, I graduated. So now I teach it. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And something, that, something else that you do, and I tuned in this mm. morning is, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings yeah. you do live on Instagram. Yeah. We were just talking about it. It's such a beautiful way to use a tool like Instagram, mm. social mm. media, to not just be something to scroll on but to offer good and offer good mm. for free. And I checked it out this morning and there was 50 people sitting yeah. there while you w- talked through a Vedic me- or just a meditation. It's just a breath-based, yeah. Breath-based Stage one breath-based, yeah. For 20 minutes. And yeah. then the, the thing that really struck it with me, which was so beautiful, was – about 30 people straight after were commenting nice things, mm, thanking you. Yeah. And how much joy and gratitude do you get out of that feeling knowing that you can pass on something that's so mm. important in your life and bring <clears throat> so much stillness and, like you said, that distance between impulse in your yeah. life to know that it inspires other people? Like that's got to feel good. Yeah, and this is like this is this really need of the time. It's really a need of the time. We, As human beings we're experiencing a time that's, more full of like uh, we're being pressured. Uh, we're safer than any other time in our little zones. Uh, we can actually the option to actually look after ourselves better than any other time in history, better food availability, better living conditions availability, better, better um, education, better everything's better. We've made an amazing world. It's more choice, though. But the more choice, the more stress. There's more stress. There's more stuff coming. People are demanding time, da-da-da-da. And the actual idea that we are not enough because there's an aspect of us that feels incomplete. We have to go outside to complete ourselves. And we think that this is uh, real. We actually it starts off with a thought. We actually identify as the thought that's actually doing it and we think that's real. <laughs> um, and it's, a, it's illusory by nature. It's, it's not an illusion, it's illusory. It kind of takes this dreamy uh, kind of nature but it looks real, it feels real. You think it's real. Oh, my God, it's real. I'm, that person's got this and that and that and I should have it. Oh, my God. Oh, that girl, oh, she's, I've got to look like that to be beautiful. I've got to, it's relentless today, charged up to the next level today. So super important to, we forget that we're human being. We just, we're a human doing and that's it. And if you're not doing enough, then you're, you're, you think that you're unworthy. Like it's the worst message in the world. Oh. So it's so debilitating. So breathing our life uh, into uh, a moment where we get to touch our being and actually allow that to grow over time and we talk about discipline and the word discipline comes from a, um, a Latin word meaning learning. 
So it's not actually a distorted version of it where you get hit by a cane or mm. something or you get told to go to the room and, and shut up and close the door. Mm. <laughs> it's not, that, yeah, old discipline you now. Discipline, yeah. No. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's derived from learning. So learning, we get to learn and educate ourselves and we get to learn that we're actually just being, human being at the very core and allow that to grow. And that's just sort of that consciousness, pure consciousness within us, the little ball that sits in there that's sort of, oh, it's, it's attached to conscience and our conscience is sort of do we actually listen to it, <laughs> you know. And so and our addiction to anything will kind of try and snuff our conscience out. So very careful, we'll be careful with ourselves today and with that. And what we've got in front of us is a very challenging time. So it's a good, it's a need of the time. Yeah, mate, I'm so, so grateful for the opportunity to sit down. This has been one of the most amazing chats I've ever had with somebody, (laughs) to be honest. It's so inspiring to hear your story and your philosophy around life is so beautiful and some of the stories that I know people will get from this around meditation, distancing yourself from that being and doing is, is something I haven't really mm. attached to and heard of that often. And it's so beautiful the way that you put it and the way that you've connected to your personal being. And it mm. seems like the best times of your life are right now. And it's funny yeah. to look back probably at being world champion and yeah. all this stuff, but now it seems like you're the most connected you've ever been. So yeah. I'm going to leave you with one last question I ask yeah. everyone on the podcast. Mm. What does being a good human mean to Tom Carroll? Mm. I think just being kind you know, kind to myself and so I can be kind to others. I think that sort of develops a good, good, good human um, being, a good human being. And we just start to be more gentle and kind with ourselves. We can actually start to emanate that out and be exemplary. I think just to develop that and be exemplary. Don't force it down people's necks, just be an example. Uh, allow that to kind of kind of be maybe some people have to fall apart before that happens and that's cool yeah well thank you so much Tommy it's been a great chat and yeah thanks to everybody listening I know everybody will be so stoked on this episode so for another episode of Good Humans my name's Cooper Chapman and thanks for listening thanks Coop Good Humans was presented by me Cooper Chapman Producer, Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.